Hey, Petra had her baby, right? Connor and Petra, Harper, Joe. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. More babies, more little ones. They grow up to be big ones. It's great. We love you. Okay. We are in. Oh, I almost forgot. We have some a wonderful occasion to thank you for that freezer out front. You filled it. It is chock full. We can't. I can't get a potato chip in there. And and I praise you. I, I thank you for that. Uh, that's faith. That's going to your house after the ten thirty service. Uh, faith is one of uh, of the family of people whose mama died, and our hearts are with you, and our food is with you. Uh, and God's love is with you. Uh, and if you want to help tie all that after the 1030 service, hang around because we love you. Okay? Save that and share that with your family. Okay. Um, we are in week two of our brand new series, New Me. And what we're doing is taking New Year's resolutions to a level at which they actually work. Right? The only way that's going to work is for you and I to change because when you and I change, then everything in our lives change. So that's what we're doing. And today, in New Me, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about renewed relationships. We're talking about becoming the person you want to be but can't seem to be for the people that you love. Uh, that's, worth, that's worth finding out about, right? So let me ask for some help. Lord, God, I, I need this. I need to change. Uh, I need to change in ways that I'm not able to change. My friends do too. But you are able. So we're pressing into you. We're listening to you. Uh, speak to us and, and give us courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so here's the deal. Are you guys, are you guys using these worksheets, uh, whether it's on paper or on your Bethany app? Do you have the Bethany app? Now, um, I know you're not using it on the app because I have analytics, right? So here's the deal. You may think, I, I, I don't need the worksheet. I, I, I could follow it. Uh, I, I would rather just listen. Look, I get that, and I'm, I'm glad you're here doing that. But you might be missing the point of what this is about. This is not just so that you and I can know and track and understand. This is so that we can keep and teach somebody else who is not going to come through these doors. That might be a child. That might be a friend. That might be a teammate. That might be a group. That might be just a click, just a word um, in a conversation. It's so that we can spread the goodness out to everybody. Everybody. All right. So use them or lose them. Okay. Uh, just like last week, we are going to uh, discover some beautiful, wonderful things that you and I can never seem to pull off, right? And, and I don't like our chances on our own either today with, with what we're going to talk about. But at the end, we're going to talk about how we can actually pull this off. So uh, hang with us. First, the impossible stuff. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. You can follow along in your Bibles if you don't own one. There's one under the seats in front of you. That's free. Take it with you on your app, on your worksheet, on the screens, whatever you got. We're picking it up in verse 25. Letter of Paul to 
the Ephesians, here's what he writes. He, he writes, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another, which means no lying, no lying. Nobody's pants get to be on fire. No lying, right? This is important. We need to tell the truth. Truth is in short supply these days. Maybe you've noticed. Even with followers of Jesus Christ, truth, speaking the truth, living the truth can be in short supply. Uh, I read about a pastor who was doing a, he was preparing for a sermon series for his church on honesty. So to prep the congregation, he says, here's your challenge this week. I need you to go read Joshua chapter 25. And then when you come back, we'll be ready to study honesty. And so when they came back and he's launching the honesty series, before he started, he says, he says, I need to know which one of you took the assignment seriously and read Joshua 25. About half the hands went up. And he said, that's good to know because Joshua only has 24 chapters. He says, so, so you're the people I need to be talking to because I'm particularly concerned about you. Now, I am not going to throw you under the bus like that today. Right? But... But we need, we need to tell the truth to one another because we are one in Christ. So when we lie to each other, we lie to ourselves and we lie to Jesus, right? We need to tell the truth to our kids, to our spouses, to our friends, to our teammates, to ourselves. We need to tell the truth to God because that's where the magic happens, right? When we're honest, right? with ourselves before God. So we need to do that. The culture will not tell us the truth. It will not. According to the culture, truth is whatever you think it is, whatever you feel it is, right? If that was true, I would have aced Algebra 1, right, Mrs. Santos? Those answers were true for me. <laughs> Wrong. I failed. Had to take Algebra 1 twice. They didn't count that as Algebra 2. Algebra 1 plus Algebra 1 ought to equal Algebra 2. I know that much. It didn't work for her. doesn't work for us. You and I need to be reminded moment by moment of who God is, about who we are, about the dumpster fires that our life is without him, and that the, the provision and the love and the forgiveness that we can have with him, right? And we need that at least as often as we hear the lies from culture and the enemy, which is about every 15 seconds. But here's the thing, to tell the truth, you have to know the truth. And to know the truth, you have to know the word of God. Jesus prayed to the Father the night before he died. He said, sanctify them, change them, change me in the truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. So do you know this? Do you know the word of God for your life the way you should? It is more important than eating. No, come on, Tom. If I don't eat, I'll starve and die. Yup. And if you don't feed yourself with the word of God, your soul starves. Your soul dies. So, so I encourage you daily to be in the word, feeding yourself that. If you need truth, 
if you need an answer for something in your life, and which one of us doesn't, and your Bible is closed, then you don't really want that truth that much. To know the truth, you have to know the Word. And to know the truth, you need to know Jesus, who said, I am the truth. I am the truth. So to tell the truth, we have to know the truth. We have to be so saturated in the, in the truth. And, and that's the positive motivation. If some of you need negative motivation, I got that for you too. I got that for you too. If you, anytime that you and I tell an untruth, and we tell a lie, we leave somebody with a false impression, we are agreeing with Satan. Jesus says this. He said, the devil has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character because he is a liar and the father of lies, right? Satan's love language is lying. It's lying. It's deception, right? There are no white lies. They're all dark. They all smell like smoke. They all come from hell because God doesn't want anybody deceived. And he doesn't want us deceiving one another, right? Look, on a really practical level, a lot of what we wrestle with and struggle with in our own lives is us believing the lies about how, who we are and how God sees us and how desperately and recklessly he loves you. That is why so many of us have such low self-worth, right? And we deal with these feelings because we're, we're, not, we're not saturated in the truth of how God sees us. And, and you can be. He, he tells you. Jesus always tells us the truth. And we need to tell the truth, too. That's why it's important that we, that we get together, right, once a week. Because we've been lied to a lot, a lot. And this helps remind us what's important. And, and who God is and how he loves us and how he feels about other people. And, and that's, that's love and that's mercy and that's grace. And that's, you know, so that's what we need to do. Jesus tells us the truth. He is the truth. And you and I should know and tell the truth too. Well, we can't pull that off, right? But what else can we renew? Verse 26, it says, be angry, be angry, but do not sin. And do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Okay, let's get this straight. Not all anger is bad. You can be good and angry. Right? You can be good and angry. That's true. In fact, if you really love someone, you are going to experience intense anger. When? When that th person that you love is threatened. Right? Uh, the mama bear, the papa bear, right? When that person that you love is threatened, or being destroyed, even by themselves. Even if they're the ones that are inflicting the pain, you will experience anger, right? And, and you can do that. But how do we often experience anger when the most anger, when we do sin, right? When we're defending ourselves. When we are defending ourselves, our ego our pride, our idols. Like if one of your idols is threatened, you will, you will go ballistic, right? If you're really defensive. But if God is your defender, 
how much do you have to worry about defending yourself? You, you don't, right? So, so we're not, we're not going to be angry at protecting ourselves because God is our protector, right? That should tell us whom we most love because we, we get defensive when we're threatened. And we, and we don't want to do this. And it says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. What does that mean? That means don't let it last. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let it poison another day. I want you, if you're married, I want you to take this literally in your marriage. I want you to take it literally. Shree and I do. We will stay up until the sun comes up. If there's something that we're angry about, we will talk about it. We will pray about it until it is settled in love and in, in, in grace. Why? Why? Because we know that if you can be angry for another day, you can be angry for a week, you can be angry for a month, you can be angry for a year, you can be angry for a lifetime. So that if you keep a short reign on it, we are not going to let it go until it's done. Right? And there are serious things that take a while, but we're going to address it, right? Because that's not okay. It's not okay to go to sleep knowing things aren't right. Okay, so take that literally. It says, uh, I'm going to go back so you can see it. It says, give no opportunity to the devil. Give no opportunity to the devil. When we let anger fester, when we let, we, look, look, it gives an open door to Satan to work in our lives. And some of us, we don't just provide an open door. We invite him in, right? We make him coffee. We toast him with sesame seed bagel with cream cheese. We invite him to stay in the guest room, right? And then what happens? Then we start telling ourselves lies about the people in our lives, maybe our spouse. He always, he never, I should have never. He, she always, she never. I should I should have never married her. I should have never married her. You didn't. You didn't. Did you pay attention at the end of your wedding ceremony to the other guy in the suit who said what? What God has joined together. Let no one ever separate. And that no one is you included. Right? God married you. And God will hold you together. We're not going to give opportunity. Hey, look, if you're past that point, God bless you. God bless you. We're not here to condemn you. I, I, just, want, I just want all the marriage to be healthy and happy. God, Jesus, went to the cross to divert all God's anger, righteous anger, at you, at me, onto himself so that God would not be angry with us. Ever, if you're in Christ. Ever. Do you get that? Is God angry with you? Do you belong to Jesus? He's not. He may be angry at your behavior. He's never angry with you. He loves you. Right? Okay. All right. So we're not going to be angry. We're not going to be angry. Just let the thief no longer steal. This doesn't apply to me. Maybe it does. The thief no longer steal, but rather let him, let her labor, doing honest work with his or her own hands, so that he, he or she may have something to share with anyone in need. This is huge. This is huge. 
Don't steal made God's top ten list, right? The Ten Commandments, not ten suggestions. Don't take something that's not yours, not a bike, not a car, not a computer, not cash, not glory, not credit. Don't. Don't do it. But i got to confess, I married a thief. I did. In high school, Sharif stole my heart, never give it back. Yeah, I'm going to get points for that one. On the podcast. Yeah. This passage is saying far more than don't steal. And if you are stealing, stop it. It is saying, look at what stealing is. Stealing is wanting something that somebody else has and taking it for yourself at their expense. And that is the polar opposite of the generous heart of Jesus. Jesus' generosity is this. Wanting someone else to have what they most need, which you happen to have, so you joyfully give it to them at your own expense. And this means that we have to change. We have to let God change us from consumers and accumulators to servants and givers. Is that what he's doing in your heart? Is that the the transition that he's making? It can be. It can be. It's a good thing. It goes on. It says, let him labor, let her labor doing honest work with his, her own hands. That means work is good. If you got a job, that's a good thing. If you don't, you might think about it. It's a good thing, right? And, and if you do manual labor, if you're in the trades or something, like, do not put yourself down. This is saying with your own hands, do it. Jesus was a carpenter. Jesus was a tradesman. Right? That is noble work, but it tells us something so important. No matter what kind of work you do, it tells us the why of why we should work. Work hard and make as much money as we can. Did you get that? Work. Work hard and make money. Right? Not so that you can have a house that's too big to clean or you can have a, a, a... a, a, a massive truck or you can go on this epic vacation and it's not so you can put a hundred inch flat screen in your bathroom not that any of those things are bad although a life-size screen in your bathroom is a little creepy let's be honest it is it tells us the reason why we should work work hard and make as much money as we can so that he so that she may have something to share with anyone in need. That's why we do it, in addition to providing for our families. How many of us dream out loud and say, honey, don't you just ache, don't you just long for the day when we can give away more than our house payment every month, when we can give away more than our rent? That is not a pipe dream. God loves that heart. God blesses that heart. That's why we work hard, so we can bless people. We look at money or windfalls or raise as a blessing, and it is. It's just not all for you. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to the people in our town. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. They don't have enough, right? I mean, the poverty level just in our little Whoville is so great. It's so great. And you guys do a lot 
Right? After the 1030, the college kids are going to be stuffing the bags for, for gunny packs so that the hungry kids will have something to eat on the weekends. And, and you give, and you give, and that's what it's about. And I'm proud of it. Keep it going. Do more. How do we, how do we, Jesus gives what we could never deserve. So we're not going to be takers. We're not going to be consumers. We're going to be servants. We're going to be givers like Jesus. How about renewing our words? Verse 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for what? Building up as it fits the occasion, that it might give grace, undeserved favor to the people who hear. Do your words build people up? Are you known as a person that builds people up or tears them down? Right? Sometimes we can be known as people who put others down that we don't like or, or that we feel that we're better than. You want, you want to see this large? and uh, Go to the high school. Go to the middle school. You're going to see this every single day. I hope it's not in your heart. We want to build up. We want to speak life. That's what we want to do. We want to speak grace. We want to speak life. We want to speak encouragement because that's what Jesus speaks to us. Simon Peter said, said, answered Jesus. He says, Lord, who, to whom should we go? You have the words. You speak the words of eternal life. Jesus is always speaking life and grace and encouragement into you. So we need to speak that into each other. And finally, Paul writes this, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Stop ticking God off, right? By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, all wrath, all anger, and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice, and be kind to each other, to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Message is this, Jesus did it, you do it. Live like Jesus. And I say, can't do it. Me neither. Right? I get you. Out of the gates, we said we were going to look at some beautiful, wonderful things that you and I could never pull off. And we just did. Right? If you and I had the ability to deal with our lying tongue and, and were able to know and speak the truth and deal with our anger issues and, and work right so that we earn more in order to give more, to, to speak only life and grace and encouragement and live kind as kind, forgiving people. If we could do that, we would renew all our relationships and we would be a new me, right? A new you. But asking us to do that is a little like asking us to play basketball like this. Take a look.
a young age, taking my soak into the masses, writing my poems for the few that look at me, took to me, shook at me, feeling me, singing from heartache, from the pain, taking my message from the veins, speaking my lesson from the brain, seeing the beauty through the... asking us to play like that when this is how we really play. Take a look at this. Here it goes. Here it goes. This is when he nails them every time. Nailed it. Heck yeah, I knew it. Every time. Every time. Every Money time. in the bank. <laughs> now, if that guy came to you and said he was possessed by the spirit of Michael Jordan, you would never believe him. You would never believe him. If he was, he would be dunking from the foul line, right? He would be doing 180s, switching hands and all of that that we just saw. And as ridiculous as that sounds, if you belong to Jesus Christ, you're possessed by the Spirit of Jesus Christ. You do have the power. You do have the power because he is inside you to take care of my lying tongue, my anger issues my uh, ability to know and speak the truth, my ability to see work and stuff and money correctly, that I want more of it so I can deal more of it out for the blessing of people, the advancement of his gospel and his glory. Everything, everything. That I want to speak only life and truth and grace and encouragement. That I want to live kind. And you can too. You can too. And more. Because Jesus lives inside of you. And that which we cannot pull off, he can do with ease. If we would just surrender completely to him and stop fighting him. He can do with your life what Michael Jordan does with a basketball and more. More. That is the way to a new life. And the only way. And you can have it. Let's get it now. Let's pray. Lord, um, you've spoken about so many things that we don't, we don't have the power in ourselves to be able to do, to live, to love, to talk, to act, to give. But Lord, you promised that you would come and live inside of us and live your life out again in and through us. So right now, there are many of us here that just want to say to you, Lord, we surrender 
to that. We receive that. We know that you're here inside of us. We want you breaking out in everything that we think, say, do, love, live, give, everything. Every relationship, Lord, make us new because that's what you came in to do. And we vow now to stop resisting you. Stop fighting against you. We want you to do something so beautiful. It's like what Michael Jordan does, right? But we, we want you to do that in relationships and change the world and, and our teams and our friends and our marriages. And there are those here, Lord, who would say, I'm not sure that you're inside of me. I'm not sure that I know you personally. I'm not sure. Then make this your prayer. Lord Jesus, I know that you're God. I know that I need you. I know that I don't have life without you. And I know that you came for me, that you went to the cross to experience all the anger of God, all the punishment of God that I deserve. You took it on upon yourself so you could forgive me completely. Do that now. And then you, you died for me and you rose again to give me new life and send your spirit to live in me. Do that. I receive you, Lord. Come in and live that life that makes me a new me that looks an awful lot like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'm going to be um, in the corner here. Josh is back here. Um, we we want to pray with you, uh, for you or for anything that you might need. Okay? Edward, Pam, we'll pray. Guys, let's do business with God. Let's reach your glory.